Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, filling in for Susan Littlefield today. And today joining us, it is P.J. Conrad from Trade Haas in, uh, in Lincoln. Uh, thanks for joining us here today, P.J., Jake, taking a quick look at the market screen here today. Uh, the only grains that finished higher looked like corn. Corn was up uh, 7 or 8 in the old crop, a couple of pennies in the new crop. Soybeans, end of the day, looks like 7 to 10 lower. Kansas the city wheat was down uh, 11 to 14 at the end of the session today. Uh, just first of all, thoughts on the session today overall. You know, final trading session of the week. What were kind of the features today? You know, Chad, sometimes uh, corn just has to say, screw it, I'm going to do it myself. And they did that today. Uh, nearby corn be up 10 and a half and kind of staggered out from there. It's, it's been interesting to watch just in the corn market how those spreads. Uh, say even March to May have been you know, a two cent carry to zero cent carry. Uh, USDA gave us some different info this week, uh, saying maybe we have a, a decent sized carry out uh, that you would hope would show some sort of carry between March and May. But the futures market is not going to give us that. Um, wheat getting pounded on pretty good, but that's a that's been kind of a continuous trend here since uh, 2022 came to earth. Soybean-wise, yeah, I think that all kind of hinges on South American weather and what's going on down there. And that's uh, volatile and, and pretty darn mixed. You know, they're calling for more rains early next week. The question is, do they materialize? And also the next question is, what does that actually do to the crop? But just as is here in the U.S. during a weather market, uh, that, that question usually doesn't get answered until later on in the year, too. All right. Well, let's kind of break those apart piece by piece. Uh, let's start on the corn side of things. Like you say, corn was kind of the, the rebel here today, uh, moving uh, slightly higher. Um, and so, you know, what, what, what's the story with corn? Is it uh, a domestic demand? Are we getting enough interest from exports that that's uh, kind of keeping things going? What do you think there, PJ? You know, probably a combination of a lot of things. I think you one thing you got crude oil what, up another buck today, trading at eighty three. Um, I know ethanol margins are kind of not as they're definitely worse than what they were three weeks ago. Or is corn just saying, you know, we had a two day sell off and we're going to come battle back? Getting above that six dollar number again would be very uh, advantageous to what the corn market could do. But as far as today's move, you also got to wonder, we got a long weekend coming up and, and a lot of unknowns as far as the weather goes. So there's a lot of weather risk out there. And corn's been in this range and wanted to stick around six bucks for the last, what, three weeks or so, two and a half, three weeks. Funds are very long corn and have been here for almost two, uh, what, year and a half, uh, 18 months. So are they defending their position and keeping things? Uh, there's probably more... And soybeans aside, soybeans have had a very nice run over the last month and a half as well, almost up two bucks. And so, yeah, they were down today, but that's definitely more on the back of South American weather. Let's talk about that uh, South American weather. It's been, uh, you know, the, those rain chances like long-term forecasts are, oh, they're in the future, they're in the future. But it sure does seem like this rain that uh, this coming together has stayed into the forecast for a while. Uh, it's definitely something to kind of keep an eye on for, for that as South American weather, right? Most definitely. I think the one thing with South American weather is you get the northern half that's a little bit more mature, so they have weathered more of the hot, dry weather than, say, the southern half. And so there's some optimism that some of that southern half stuff will be better. 
or the northern half is it just getting to the point where it's getting burnt up? And that's why, like, Argentina um, area, at the end of the day, there's going to be a big, or there has been talks of big cut in production and probably will be. It's just a matter of when it actually gets printed. You know, USDA made a small change. Uh, CONAB made a small change. But you got a lot of boots on the ground in South America that are making bigger changes. And so that's the question is, does, does exports turn down there and what's happening worldwide? And I think there's just a lot of other moving pieces to this market, uh, more so than other years when you start talking about inflation and you start talking about interest rates that are driving these markets. And maybe South America gets a lot of the blame to the good and bad. But is it the true driver or is it funds being the true driver? There's definitely some decoupling of things happening in the world and what the markets are doing at this point in time. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of those outside market influences for just a moment. You mentioned uh, crude oil was going one way, but the stock market was going the other way today. Uh, so, uh, you know, what what influences are they have and should they have more influences? That What, what do you think, PJ? You know, definitely, you know, the stock market's uh, going to do what it's going to do and, and do its own dance. Now, crude oil has been on a tear for the last probably, what, three, four weeks. So uh, crude is helping support corn. Now, wheat being down is usually a negative to corn, and it's corn has continually rallied and held its own in the face of wheat. Uh, I think one interesting thing when you talk about wheat is just some of the things happening in Ukraine and Russia of where all that ends up. There's, you know, I think Russia kind of put out a notice here in the last 24 hours of uh, who's going to back Ukraine. And this, a lot of this stuff's getting kind of over my realm, but just what I understand, what I've listened to is if NATO and U.S. are going to back Ukraine, Russia would like to, you know, essentially go to war. What's war mean and what's that mean? The commodity prices, you get some big exporters of wheat over there and Ukraine's a big exporter of corn as well. So it's definitely something that uh, is tough to keep an eye on, but could be one of those black swans to the positive had there been uh, some sort of confrontation over there. All right. Very interesting. Definitely keep an eye on that. PJ Conrad from Trade Haas, our guest on the Fontenelle Final Bell today. Coming up in our second half, we're going to talk a little bit more about wheat. We'll put a bow on that and come back and take a look at the livestock side of the markets as well. So stay tuned. The second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is coming up next here on the Rural Radio Network. Talk to any of your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealers, and they're going to tell you performance is one of the keys to their success. Here's Chris Ross, a dealer near Plattsmouth, Nebraska. A lot of the guys that I work with, I have sold seed to their fathers and their grandfathers, so it goes back many years. I think when a grower calls me and says that he's getting the best yields that he's ever gotten on a farm, uh, it really is a very rewarding experience. It makes you feel really good about the product. For more, just go to Fontenelle.com. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined once again by PJ Conrad from Trade Haas. Uh, PJ, uh, let's uh, we're going to finish up talking about the wheat, and I wanted to mention too. You know, I had read through the week how Iraq was going to uh, be out looking for some a, bun- a whole bunch of wheat business. I'm not sure if uh, uh, the U.S. got any on any of that. I know initially not, but uh, that is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on too. Is what sort of business the U.S. gets for the the remaining wheat stocks that we have, right? 
Uh, most definitely. I mean, our dollar's been weaker here most of this week. Uh, typically favorable for exports for us, depending on what the other countries' currencies are. I think one thing you look at, and this would be March wheat, Kansas City wheat, uh, we scored a high there what, early, late December at 892, and we're back at 746. Still a great price. Uh, staring down the 200-day moving average at uh, 725, we're trading at 746 right now. Where we go from here, you know, it's a lot of the technicals. We're getting kind of the oversold side on, say, RSI, but um, some of the other numbers maybe are showing we could level back out, potentially try to find some sort of bottom here and, and move higher. We could see the same move in corn, say, for instance. Who knows? I don't, not a dollar fifty move, you wouldn't think. But <clears throat> what I'm getting at is we've had such a great run. Things are going to go back, and even being down, you know, give or take 30 in the week of beans, is not a bad week for beans. Um, we're still higher than where we were a month ago. And so the overall trend is still higher. You just, you're going to have down weeks. And I think that's one thing to underscore with all this is be proactively patient. I mean, there's your, uh, in this type of environment, good luck hitting the highs or any environment, good luck hitting the highs. But especially this, you're going to catch a lot more volatility. So don't be, uh, scared to be a seller just because you have a down day. And also, don't be scared to be a seller just because you have an up day. The key is to keep selling through it and mitigate your risk. And where does your risk fall today? Probably a lot of it falls on that D22 contract for corn, uh, which is actually up three-quarters of a cent at 560, um, where you get the nearby up 10. But all good things. I mean, uh, it's always good to end a week above some support levels and see where the next week going into a long weekend as well with Martin Luther King Day on Monday mm-hmm. will not open back up until what 7 p.m. on Monday night. Yep. Yeah. Good reminder on that, too. And, you know, so far we've talked about a lot of fundamental things. Just quickly taking a look at the grain <laughs> charts. Technically speaking, is there anything that you're kind of watching in, in that regard, PJ? Uh, you know, trading above that uh, what 593 type level on March corn and closing above that. And really, if you go week over week, uh, where we closed last week, right in that, uh, we closed last week at 606, we're at 598, we're not far off there. Yes, it was down on the week, not horrible. Like I said, the, the corn RSI looks like it could stand to the lower end of the range, and uh, some other moving average type numbers are, are turning up. So there's the opportunity there, especially if funds want to keep pouring in, we could see higher prices. and. Overall, commodities in general just feel like there's a little bit more um, staying power, even though you have these down 40 days, or, or not down 40, but down 20, 30 days. Uh, and soybeans is your example on that. As you go Thursday, we're down, what, 20-some, and then today we we're down another 7, 8. We're still holding the general trend, so nothing's massively broke out to the downward. It's more so you're you're going to have moves, even when you're in a bull market, if you want to call it a bull market, but it has to be fed every day, and there's not a ton of bullish news hitting the wires right now, other than you got a long weekend, and that creates unknowns, and so they must have thought it'd be better to be a, a seller of beans today than a buyer. All right. Let's quickly take a look at the livestock before we run out of time. Uh, live cattle futures up. Feeder cattle were mixed. The hogs up big, triple digits in a lot of those categories. What's your take on the meats movement here today, PJ? Uh, good to see it actually work higher, You know, especially looking at the Feb fat cattle contract. We've been stuck in this range, and we still are. We broke out uh, during day trade, but we couldn't break above the 20-day moving average on a close. 
next week will be big, and a lot of that gets tied back to how much demand are we going to have, and are we going to have shutdowns at plants or, or reduced kills at plants because of uh, sickness, uh, COVID sickness, or whatever you want to call it. So that's happening, but we've bounced off the 100-day, and we don't seem like we want to break below that 100-day moving average. Uh, I guess the trend's your friend until it's not, and we're still, what, $400 off the high. So we're not in the bad spot. It's just more where you're, my thought always with cattle, too, is, is where are you, if you're making money, whether it be corn, beans, cattle, you got to be content with some number and not trying to outguess where the market's going, because uh, no one can outguess that. Uh, PJ, give us your contact information. If folks would like to talk to you about what's going on in the markets <clears throat> these days, how do they do that? You know, feel free to call us anytime, 402-858-7501, or you can find us on any social media platform at Tradeoff LLC. Very good. Good to have you on the air with us again here today. PJ Conrad from Tradeos. Uh, just a reminder, commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss and might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.